Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. Coming up on today's show, you'll hear Lakshman Swami's conversation with Dr. Lynn White, director of the Gold Humanism Honor Society, or GHHS, a part of the Arnold P. Gold Foundation. Dr. White emphasizes the importance of humanism and empathy in medicine, those intangible qualities that draw so many people to work in the medical profession in the first place. And she tells us about how to preserve those qualities in relation to our patients as well as to other providers. Unfortunately, through our training, um, we begin to forget that the reason we went into medicine in the first place is to really uh, alleviate suffering, be there for patients who, who need us, even if we can't cure, we can certainly comfort. There are a lot of pressures on, on trainees and on young physicians and uh, seeing more patients in shorter periods of time. It's just there are a lot of pressures on physicians today. And uh, we at the Gold Foundation really believe if we can go back to the fundamentals of kind, compassionate, empathetic care, that not only will the patients be more satisfied and be better cared for, but the healthcare providers will feel more fulfilled in what they're doing. Welcome to Radio Rounds, everyone. I'm your host, Avash Kalra. Now, today we have a really special episode for a lot of reasons. First of all, the core of today's conversation, talking with Dr. White, who you heard in the opener, is also the core of why so many of us at Radio Rounds went to medical school in the first place and why we created this show six years ago. Now, I remember when I applied to medical school, and part of that long, complex process, of course, was writing an essay, a personal statement that aimed to help convince admission committees why they should accept me, of all people, over perhaps someone else. And I remember that the pervasive recommendation from counselors and advisors, other people who had already gone to medical school and so forth, was that writing the phrase, I want to be a doctor because I want to help people, was something that we should avoid, that it was a cliche, and that we should write something that makes that point, but perhaps not so blatantly. Now, the truth, of course, is that that is why people in their early 20s apply to medical school, that desire to help people who need help, that idealism. Well, in 1988, Arnold Gold, uh, a pediatric neurologist, and his wife, Sandra Gold, along with their colleagues at uh, the Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons aimed to translate that idealism into reality, and they formed the Arnold P. Gold Foundation. And it's a foundation that works with healthcare professionals to ensure that compassion, respect, and empathy are at the core of all healthcare interactions. Now, we've discussed the Gold Foundation on several past episodes, including a great interview with Dr. Richard Levin, president and CEO of the Gold Foundation. Now, you can find that episode by searching for Dr. Levin, that's L-E-V-I-N, on our website, radiorounds.org. Today, we revisit the Gold Foundation by speaking with Dr. Lynn White, who directs the Gold Humanism Honor Society, a society led by healthcare professionals, nominated by their peers, who embody the qualities that the foundation as a whole represents. Now, our own Lakshman Swami, who, like me, has been involved with this foundation as we've gone through medical school and residency, speaks with Dr. White about what it means and what it takes to provide compassionate and empathetic care in order to make the practice of medicine a richer and deeper experience. 
Welcome to Radio Rounds, everybody. I'm Lakshman Swamy, and uh, here we have a special show for you today where we'll be talking with Dr. Lynn White. Dr. White is actually the director of the Gold Humanism Honor Society. Now, we've spoken with many members of the Gold Foundation here on Radio Rounds in the past, working to keep the care in healthcare really focusing on humanism and empathy between physicians and patients and physicians and each other, I think. And today's going to be a special episode where we actually really focus on a part of the foundation, which is the Honor Society. Uh, Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, we're so excited to hear more about this. So, so why don't we start by, if you could, take a step back, tell us a little bit about your own career as a physician and how you ended up getting involved with all this. Well, I've had a very winding path. I think my career has been an unusual one, and I never would have predicted that I would have been directing an honor society, but here I am, and I feel very lucky. So I started out as I finished my uh, residency training in internal medicine and then worked for four years at Kaiser Permanente as an urgent care physician, then moved to St. Louis where I worked for WashU. I worked in the resident clinic as one of the preceptors for the residents who were learning to take care of outpatients. And then I got invited over to the children's hospital across the way to develop uh, a new adolescent center. So we created that and created an inpatient and outpatient consultative service and had a rotation for residents and medical students. And I did that for eight years. And then I had the good fortune of taking a position on the undergraduate campus. So I got to be with adolescents and young adults, but in a completely different world. And I served as an undergraduate dean and pre-health advisor for a year at WashU and then for eight years at Duke. And it just so happens that while I was a pre-health advisor, I went to a conference for pre-health advisors and heard the plenary speaker, who was Sandra Gold, talk about humanism in medicine and the white coat ceremony and the Gold Humanism Honor Society. And she inspired me so much that I ended up teaching a course at Duke that was a literature course about humanism in medicine. And then when I moved from Duke, to the New Jersey area because of family reasons, the job for the Gold Humanism Honor Society was posted and I was lucky enough to get that job. So I've been in this position for a year and it's just incredibly uplifting. Oh, wow. You know, quite quite a journey there. And, you know, I want to hone in on one of the things you said. You said that you spent quite a while working actually at the undergraduate level and doing pre-health advising. I did. I did. So it was very helpful for me to have had the experience of being a pre-health student myself, going through the training, knowing what it was like to to be in their shoes. And so it was very fun for me. And not only did I have pre-medical students, I had students who were interested in becoming dentists and physical therapists and ophthalmologists mm-hmm. and optometrists and all sorts of really interesting career paths. So I had a chance to learn about those those paths as well. It was it was very satisfying. And so let me ask you, when you were when you're counseling these, you know, these uh, college students about their future careers in healthcare, uh did did the subject of kind of humanism and the patient connection did, did those kind of topics come up? Well, in my course, it came up all the time because the reason why I taught the course and and used the literature I did was to get my pre-health students thinking now about 
moral issues, ethical issues, what their values were, what what were the reasons they were choosing a career in, in healthcare. You know, those are really fundamental mm-hmm. questions to think about. The other way in which it came up was people complained all the time about the pre-health requirements. You know, there's a long litany, uh-huh. as you well know, organic chemistry, physics, and calculus. And, you know, I would I would love to actually see that change so that people are asked to take courses in ethics and in uh, anthropology to learn about other cultures and religion, Mm -hmm. because I think that kind of education would really serve them so well in a career in healthcare. But, but unfortunately, that's our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get to, I don't get to choose what's, what's on the MCAT. So, um, but we, (laughs) we did have conversations about how those kind of course courses would really uh, enhance their experiences in medical school and beyond. So let me ask you kind of a, an open-ended question about just so humanism in healthcare. It's something that a lot of us who who, who clinically who work with patients, it's it seems so apparent. And I think when we when we look at some of our veteran physicians who are our teachers, we see it modeled often very well, where they just walk in and it's it's like the whole fuss of the hospital or the clinic that we are very taken up in. They just walk right past it, straight to the patient on the other side, and they really connect with them quickly. Tell me a little bit about your experience with with why humanism and that empathetic connection is so important. Well, you know, just from a medical literature standpoint, there is good evidence that patients do better if they feel that their physicians are empathetic, really care about them, really know about them as people. Communication is better. Um, compliance with taking medication and understanding medical regimens is, is better. And just their, their overall experience is really enhanced. So from, from just a scientific standpoint, it makes sense to, you know, be kind, be, be compassionate, be, just be an advocate for your patients. But, um, there are so many other levels that are, are so important to sustain that kind of feeling behind what you do every day. You know, burnout is rampant among medical students, among residents, among practicing physicians. And I think part of the reason is, is that, Unfortunately, through our training, um, we begin to forget that the reason we went into medicine in the first place is to really uh, alleviate suffering, be there for patients who, who need us. Even if we can't cure, we can certainly comfort. And we get, you know, just completely uh, in the tornado of technological advances, mm-hmm. tracking down labs, very, very sick patients now are admitted to the hospital. And there are a lot of pressures on, on trainees and on young physicians and uh, seeing more patients in shorter periods of time. It's just there are a lot of pressures on physicians today. And uh, we at the Gold Foundation really believe if we can go back to the fundamentals of kind, compassionate, empathetic care, that not only will the patients be more satisfied and be better cared for, but the healthcare providers will feel more fulfilled in what they're doing. Absolutely. I think that's something that, you know, as, as a resident who's, who's taking care of patients every day, it's, it's, it becomes, sometimes it does get lost. And when you forget it is when you kind of find yourself in the darkest place. And when it comes back to you and when you kind of reconnect with someone that you're taking care of, I think it really just comes together again. And, you, you know, I've, I've felt much, much better about everything in my life when I have more of those connections in the work I do. I'm glad to hear it. I think that's, I think that's a very common experience for, 
physicians and other healthcare providers. That's, that connection goes both ways. The patients need it, but the providers need it too. So let's let's take another step forward and talk about what you're doing now then. You know, it sounds like certainly whether it was explicit or not, this was a big part of your counseling with, with, with pre-medical students, and then you taught it at the, at the undergrad level, and now here you are in New Jersey. So tell us a little bit about um, the Honor Society. Well, so I began my position a year ago, and the Gold Humanism Honor Society is really amazing. I mean, when you think about the people I get to work with every day. So people who are admitted to medical school are just very special individuals. They're, they're smart, they're committed, they're hardworking. And then what the Gold Humanism Honor Society tries to do is try to identify the people. You know, everyone is compassionate, but who are the people who care most about this? Make it their priority so that they can serve as teachers and role models and leaders when you think about really perpetuating humanism in medicine. And so that's what the Gold Humanism Honor Society is, a society to take not the best people, but the people for whom this is clearly a priority, a fundamental part of their practice, and ask them to be part of this society, first to recognize them and thank them and hold them up as role models, but also to activate them and to bring them together and to say, how can we make humanism in medicine medicine stronger in medical training environments, in medical schools, in residency training programs? How can we bring it to the community? You know, now that we've identified you, how can we marshal your strengths to really make a difference in medicine today? And so I get to work with committees and chapters all over the country moving forward to try to, you know, it sounds corny, but make the world a better place, make the the practice of medicine a, a richer, deeper, more fulfilling experience. So it's it's just a, it's an incredible opportunity for me to feel like uh, I'm touching the the lives of others. Sure, I mean absolutely, and you know I think it's uh, unfortunately a big part of the problem maybe in the culture of medicine itself and the way that we train we train our. Um, you know, juniors as, as the way that we're teachers in medicine and the way that we've been taught and all of that. And I think there's a lot of uh, somewhat of a battle uphill there uh, to kind of combat this. So given given that, you know, environments, training environments can sometimes be harsh, how how has the Gold Humanism Honor Society been kind of received in academic environments? Yeah, well, so we're, that, you know, that's an excellent question. So I think sometimes people think about GHHS as just an honorific. But um, we need to be more than that. So what can we do to really bring attention to what's called the hidden curriculum? You know, the things that are taught on the wards, the attitudes that are perpetuated, that are negative, that are not really good, and Mm -hmm. that you don't really want to be you know, passing on to trainees as, as the future unfurls. So, so we're trying to pay attention to burnout, the hidden curriculum, and activate the Gold Humanism Honor Society in a direction that would allow us to address those things. So when I first began a year ago, our chapters were doing wonderful things, incredibly kind community service, but service that didn't necessarily bring this message to the medical environment that you need to practice patient-centered, compassionate care. So, Mm -hmm. for example, the residents, you know, not the residents, the the fourth-year medical students, when they go on their interviews, they would stay at hotels and they would collect shampoo and soap and things like that and bring these things 
back and give them to homeless people or people in the emergency room. I mean, that's very, very thoughtful. That's wonderful. We have chapters doing all sorts of things, buying books for pediatric hospital patients. You know, it just goes on and on. But what I would like to see beyond that is uh, these chapters doing something to reach out to their their peers, their members of the community. Mm-hmm. So I think just in my own experience and from what I've read and heard from others, a big part of burnout is isolation. You feel overwhelmed by the amount of material you need to learn, the responsibility of caring for patients uh, who are very, very ill and are depending upon you. The hours are tough. Um, Decisions are hard. Facing death is mm-hmm. so difficult. And uh, you're often estranged from your own friends and family who you don't have time mm-hmm. to spend with and who don't understand necessarily what you're experiencing. So those kinds of things make it very difficult on physicians. And so they struggle with substance use and with depression and divorce. And mm-hmm. it's hard. And it's time we acknowledged that these things are happening and figure out a way to reach out to people so that they don't feel so alone. And I know in my internship year, if somebody had turned to me and said, wow, it's November and this is really hard, um, you know, let's get together and talk about what's hard and see if we can support one another. That would have been the greatest thing ever, but that did not yeah. happen. So we are trying to create um, something like, you know, we're calling it mentorship, but I think we, we may need to use a different word, like something more like guides that help our GHHS chapters create programs and think and ways to reach out to their peers. So first, second, third, fourth year students, the GHHS students can help mobilize the other students and there can be a cascading you know, kind of reaching out effect. We've been there. We know what you're going through. Let us help you. Let us support you. And we would like to see this expanded into residency training, into community physicians. We really think that the GHHS members can spearhead this movement. Yeah, I think that's that's so powerful and so so true, and it's certainly something that that we've that I'm sure my colleagues and I have felt every step of the way. And it's it's so interesting because that's the very sentiment out of which Radio Rounds was actually started. So when we started medical school as first and second year students, when we were talking about these issues, the number one thing we talked about was how many people in medicine, both in our families and outside, told us not to go into medicine and not to become doctors because it was all changing and it was terrible. And that was the kind of sentiment of the the negativity that we were hearing so much. And it's, you know, I think that, that we are almost overwhelmed sometimes with how much negativity we have to face in our clinical careers, taking care of sick people and dealing with poor outcomes, seeing, seeing people hurt. And then also from our peers, from our colleagues, and unfortunately, even from some of our veteran physicians who are not in a great place and not, not, uh, they don't have, they're, they're burnt out. You know, we work with burnt out physicians all the time. So it, it inspired us to create this show as our means of kind of, of having more of a voice for, for the positivity. And I think that it's so amazing to see this kind of army of students who are, who are rallying to this cry under the, uh, gold humanism honor society. Yeah, it's, you know, people are doing this all over the place. Radio rounds, fantastic. There are, um, all sorts of newsletters and artistic outlets for expression. There's been a huge uh, effort to 
encourage narrative writing. So there, it, it's mm-hmm. terrific how students are finding students and residents are finding a way to really have a voice, and we have to just keep supporting that. Lynn, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Lakshman. That was Dr. Lynn White, director of the Gold Humanism Honor Society, discussing some of the exciting projects that the society has in place to help physicians and students connect with patients and each other. Now, there are so many insightful topics brought up in that conversation, and I I just want to comment on two of them. First, Dr. White mentioned the white coat ceremony. Now, for those of you listening who are not in medicine or have not yet gone through medical school, uh, it's a ceremony that exists at almost every medical school now in the United States and Canada. Uh, The first day, traditionally, of medical school where students are coated uh, with a fresh, new, usually short, white coat. You know, it's one of the treasured and most recognizable symbols of the medical profession. And part of the ceremony is not only to wear the coat for the first time, but to focus on the humanistic qualities that that coat represents. It's long before the pockets are stuffed with papers and laminated cards, and and certainly long before the coat becomes a little less white or stained with pen marks and coffee. It represents the idealism that's about to become reality for students, and it was created by the Gold Foundation. And secondly, since it's currently March 2015, I want to mention a great event that the Gold Foundation organized in February, on February 13th to be exact, National Solidarity Day for Compassionate Patient Care. It's an event that uh, Dr. White was involved with as well, and it's a day where medical schools, hospitals, and so forth demonstrate their support for kindness to patients. And of course, this is clearly something that we should aim to do all the time. But it's a day where we celebrate it, bring it to the forefront, and forget, at least for a day, all the other internal and external pressures in medicine. So I encourage you to check out the Gold Foundation website, humanism-in-medicine.org, to learn more about what organizations to learn more about what organizations around the country did on National Solidarity Day. Now, be sure to keep an eye out for more interviews with Dr. White coming up soon on Radio Rounds, and don't forget to check out our interview with Dr. Richard Levin president and CEO of the Gold Foundation. Now, in the meantime, remember that you can download podcasts of all of our past episodes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds or visit www.radiorounds.org. You can also contact our team via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All of that information is at radiorounds.org. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. Sponsored by the American Medical Association. Providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. Of course, please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds. Thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone, and we hope you have a great rest of the week. For our entire staff here at Radio Rounds, I'm Avash Kalra, and one day, I'll be your doctor.